PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 455 of Cinema Crespediso. I'm your host, Chris Crespo, chin in the Crespediso studio, and my batteries are winding down. I should have put them in the sun because they're solar batteries. Oh my goodness, and then I'm dying. Just a guy with solar batteries. Remember, like solar charging, uh, sort of. Uh, I'm thinking <coughs> okay. of re- I'm thinking of like rechargeable batteries, but then yeah. also with a little solar panel. I remember rechargeable batteries back in the day. They sucked. They were terrible. <laughs> the worst they were, batteries. They were really bad. Man. They, they couldn't hold a charge. Over time, they would just get worse and worse, and yet we'd insist on the rechargeable. We gotta spend more time in the goddamn recharger. Do they even exist anymore? What? Rechargeable batteries? Well, I don't know. I don't think so. The only thing I use batteries for, for the, I mean, those type of batteries hmm. are for con, uh, remote, remote controls. controls. Yeah. If, if you're a lady, probably for uh, sex toys. Maybe well, for some male sex toys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Shouldn't just gender dead. Yeah, sex no. toys in general. Everybody has sex toys, Chris. Um, calculators. Yes. T81s. T85s. 86s. 87s, 80s. Uh, are they in the 90s by now? I have no idea. They must be. I think it has to do with model number, not year. <laughs> oh, true. Welcome to <laughs> uh, Toys for kids. Yeah. We don't have kids. <clears throat> no. We don't have any kids. But even though some of these use C cells and D cells, too. And uh, don't they use the lithium batteries, too, so they can, like, explode in the child's hands? I mean, I hope so. That'd be pretty sweet. At least that way they'd be rechargeable, too. Some of the, rechargeable of- lithium batteries? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Put the sun, put the lithium battery out in the sun, wait for it to heat up and charge, and then that give, and then like give it, it to like, a child? Sounds like it'll explode before it charges. See, we know science. Ish. Welcome. This episode, I forgot to say, this episode brought to you by Batteries Plus, our new sponsor, Batteries Plus. Do you need help with your batteries? Is that still a store? I think so. <laughs> I meant to collect on that bill, but I forgot to. I figured we'd just do the ad now, and then oh. and then I get the that's money. Poor, that's poor business. You know, mm. <laughs> that is poor business, actually. You know that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad? I know of it. I only read the Poor Dad half so far. Oh. I, haven't, I haven't read the Rich Dad half yet. Okay. So, all, so you're still living Poor Dad. I'm still doing it bad. I'm, yeah. still, I'm still doing it wrong. I'm going to get to the other half soon. Just so t- So many things to do. And it's not that well written. I mean, but what happens if you don't have kids? You're not a dad. You're just rich or poor. Then I'm just poor. Yeah, so I can't, <laughs> the dad part can't apply, so I'm just poor. I'm just so... Uh, I'm really just poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. There you go. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, this is episode 455, in case you couldn't tell, of Cinema Crespediso, where we talk about all things cinema. For example, this weekend at the cinema, we saw... Yep. Uh-huh. That's what we saw. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
The uh, new movie even came out this week in Dear theaters. Evan Hansen. Yeah, no. Dear Evan Dude, Hansen, you're that, a weirdo. No, I mean... You're taking advantage of a suicide. I think it's one of the songs. Uh, yeah, and that guy's like really old, too. 27 years old. No. Um, he looks it. But you know what's... That's the thing. He looks it. Apparently, the guy who plays Evan Hansen on... And the Broadway version now is 27 years old, but he looks younger. No. So he can still get away with being the high school age looking. Uh, it's funny how that works. He's, he's a little, oh, this guy Ben Platt, a little more road worn, 27 years old, yeah. apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he used to have the baby face, but that went away real quick. That went away. So he started doing the thing when he was like 16 or something like that. So mm-hmm. he was, yeah, the, the legit actual kid when he started it. And it was a success. On Broadway, he got the Tonys, and it was a big deal, and the Grammys, and et cetera, et cetera. But then by the time the movie version came around, he's the only original cast member left. And in that in was a bad idea. <laughs> that was a bad uh-huh. idea. That was a bad idea, Agreed. apparently. It got not good reviews. Okay. And uh, it's, it's expected to make $8 million this opening weekend, which Ew. is less than, obviously, what they wanted to wanted to make. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, not my type of movie anyway. No, it's not a type of movie, so we weren't going to see it. And then, it, I mean, for me to go see it, it has to be like, this is the most amazing, heartbreaking, incredible film of all time. But instead, people are like, it's weird. And we don't, it, I don't think it translates to movies <laughs> too well. And, uh, the whole suicide angle is strange. We don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So, uh, we, we didn't go see Dear Evan Hansen. No. And then I think, well, something else. Something else came out. I can't. I can't recall. It no, nothing. Nothing that we would like see or want to see or even care about. So why would we even bother? No, nothing of consequence. Uh, so I did put the time towards catching up on a couple of streaming okay. things. Really, just really just catch up on one thing and start, <laughs> starting another. Uh, but I watched those four episodes of Why Colin the, the Last Man and and uh, yeah. <laughs> I watched them. I know, right? It's cool. it's the thing. It is. It's a show. It is a show. Let me tell you what. <laughs> You're right. It is correction. It, it, it's a show. It's a it show. is. <laughs> it is shot in sequential order. Uh, moving pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The pictures move in a way, <laughs> or are the pictures are shown in a way to, to tell a story. To tell a story. And there's uh, music. And there are characters. There's there a di- are characters. There's a digital monkey. There's, yeah, <laughs> digital monkey. Now, look. okay, look. I, it's, oh, you're right. You want to work with a monkey? How much time we got? This ain't hard. It's, it's hard working with a monkey. We ain't got time to work with a monkey. Also, we're now getting to a time where, with the ethics of working with animals and training animals, productions are moving more and more to digital animals to to get just get away from the whole thing entirely. I understand. The ethics and morals of all that, and I get it, and I have no truck with it. You know what I'm saying? What? <laughs> Man, that monkey look like shit. I can't. It's a cartoon monkey running around the show, and people acting like, oh, it's just a car- that's a cartoon monkey. It's a cartoon monkey. It's like, what if Sonic was alive in front of you? It's a cartoon blue Sonic thing here. Like, why are we, what? No. It's, it's mm-hmm. fourth wall breaking, like uh, Uncanny Valley type of you know what i mean no yeah it's unfortunate. i mean for it's the, the further away it is the more right it tricks my brain that it might be real right but then it gets close and i'm like no no no, no once no. he interacts with it or something yeah <laughs> yeah no this thing this is not real they need it to emote or, or be 
inquisitive. Yeah, it's like, oh, look at that cartoon monkey. Mm-hmm. This is weird. So that's un- that's unfortunate. I get it. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, Diane Lane's great. I was just about to say, <laughs> Diane Lane. Get, let's hear it for Diane Lane. Look that. Playing the, the senator term president of the United States of America, the shattered United States of America. Um, I think she's great. I think the, my favorite parts of the show so far are her dealing with like her little makeshift, like whatever government has left, and cool. trying to convince that lady to be like yo we need you to make the nuclear plants work and she was like i'm so sad about my baby and we're like we're all sad about our babies we need we need power and then uh yeah, that was a good scene yeah. you know? and she's good she's really good for sure um it's one of the few things that they stayed with in this movie I mean, this fucking shit because you read it no, I, read the I, whole, I, I have not I read the whole series to give people a heads up no. of like where we're coming from here so I have no frame of reference outside of the, the any reference no. anything you may have told me over the years okay? no it is weird talking about the show now I'm pretty sure we have been talking about the production developments of why the last man since like episode i don't know eight i gotta yeah. see if i can go back and look. <laughs> we've been talking about the show as long as we've been a show so now that it's here it's like i don't know and 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 since it's not even that great it's like oh it doesn't bode well for like no. everything uh-uh. so it's so much time no. i think um okay first off the yorick was a frustrating character well i mean that he has to grow. I mean, he, right. star- he starts off as a naive, selfish little kid. Yes. For all intents and purposes, he's trapped in a, an adult's body. I, gotta, I feel like I, gotta t- I had to tell myself that at one point. I'm like, okay, he's just he's starting from this point so he can become a better person. That's why he sucks right now. Yeah. Because uh-huh. this character Agreed. sucks. No. Especially the whole, like, pining for the girl and S- Beth. And he's like, oh, we're engaged when she never said yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, he does the same shit in the comic books. So, okay. And so just being a... Uh, uh, for some in that, in that respect, uh, honest to the source material. Yeah, but I guess, but somehow in the comic books, like they made him somehow he was, he was more likable. Interesting, because Interesting. you're following him the entire fucking time. I mean, there are some times where they in the comics that where they go on these little where, where you get these little vignettes mm-hmm. of you know somebody else doing something somewhere else in this world. Yeah. it's like oh, so this is what's happening you know in Australia because at least in the comic books, Beth. Makes it to Australia, to Australia, because there's like a it's like it's like a throwaway scene in in the in the TV series where yeah. she's like, "You can't follow me to Australia." Yes, she makes it to Australia in the comic books. It doesn't oh. seem like she makes it there in this one. Or maybe that's just gonna be a late reveal where yeah. uh, it, somehow we get to Australia. Al- and... Also, Beth is a blonde bombshell in the comic books. They made her big old titties. Now yeah. this one. Now, now they're like, nah, we go diversity. We go. We yeah. go. On no, she, the, they all can't be white. She's straight up just comic book girl. That's funny. <laughs> that's very funny. Um, maybe for maybe in terms of comics and graphic novels, that itself is its own commentary in terms like the the Jessica Rabbit style drawing of the the uh, the MacGuffin for the hero mm-hmm. is the uh, the woman, yeah. and so it's this idealized version well, of it's, a woman. It's not real. I mean, it, it it's definitely the idealized version of the woman for because, for a teen boy. Yeah, I mean specifically. Well, and, and specifically, it's for Yorick as well because I mean it because that, that's not his mentality lie, in the comic books. Doesn't end well <laughs> at all for no one. For I mean, well, I mean, some people. I mean, 
Obviously, the it sounds like the, they've changed a lot for the show anyway. Yeah, so. for the people who make it through the journey, yeah, yeah, some good things happen, but, but for, there, a lot of people don't make it. But for the most they, part, they it's bad news for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> people go through some shit. That's good. That means drama. I mean, here some drama. He, Hero joins a fucking Amazon cult and cuts off one of her boobs. So she can fire oh, she's, an she's arrow one of the, better. She's one of the one boob Amazons. I wonder if we'll get there. I wonder if the show yeah. will get to that point. None, none of the trans stuff is in the comic books. That's definitely an, an update. That and uh, yeah, just and the, the political commentary. The the, oh, for the sure. Republicans versus Democrats and the social type, media references. The, the type of Republicans that they have in this TV series. Yeah, because when the book came out, it was neocons who were all like oil, money, greed, blah. It was like <laughs> we can understand that yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Now it's this death cult. That's yeah. like, I don't understand uh-huh. that at all, but that's what we have. And they're anti-vax, yeah. anti-science, very loud. Um, and the whole Christian family values thing. My father's values and all that stuff. Uh, Amber Tamlin's doing pretty good for that role, which is like, so far, not giving her that much, whereas she just has to like stand around and look menacing. Look like a cunt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can you be? A, can you dial up the Karen just a little bit? Amber, just a bit? Thank you. Yeah, I can do that. I can see yeah. it. I can see it next Tuesday, for uh-huh. sure. I can definitely <clears throat> block out a, a little afternoon for you next Tuesday, which is when I'm going to see you. Uh, uh, I next Tuesday, you know I, what I'm saying? I don't mind the casting for 355. Uh, yes, I think that's uh, one of the better characters because she, Agent 355 is very capable. She, she's got a great arc in the comic book. Cool, okay. Well, she's definitely starting from a place of, like, a secret badass in terms of, yeah. like, we know apparently she's a badass, but, like, she obviously has some sort of, like, deep history or training or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Culpering. It's, uh... Yeah, whatever that is. There's, there's been us. one reference to that. <clears throat> Started by uh, George Washington. They started off as his oh. ring, the culprit rings, his original ring of spies, Not, oh, who reported right. only to him. There you go. So, <clears throat> yeah, she, she's like fucking James Bond for Christ's sake. So she's OJ uh, off the books. Like, yeah, you approved the budget, but it was redacted. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, they've been doing that since 1776. Well, that's fun. <clears throat> so, that's fun. well, it's, yeah, she's a cool character. Yeah. And uh, like the way that she like it's a take charge character, mm-hmm. trying to like get things done. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, she's the one that forces York to grow up. And that's the thing. I was just about to say that pairing her then with York, who is such a sniveling character, mm-hmm. then is helpful because now we have someone literally pushing this guy along and making him do stuff. So that's going to be good. Yeah. That's going to be good moving forward here. Oh. Uh, four episodes down. New episodes come out every Monday. I think, how many? Probably 10, 11, something like that. I don't know. Me. I mean, if that's the case, they are not going to get very far the first season. Nah. Which means... Depending on how many people watch this garbage, there may not be any more seasons. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not getting good reviews or good buzz, word of mouth, unless the season like really ramps up and ends with a bang in a certain way. Uh, uh, season two is not promised. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because the comic book was the exact opposite. Like I went into a comic shop and I was like, you know, I've read this, I've read this, and I've read that. Is there anything? Good mm. to read. Mm. They're like, you haven't read this. No, oh, man. <laughs> Back in the day when you go to a comic book store and, yeah. and you have a relationship with the guy and he talked to him be like, or the girl, and they'd be like, yeah, have you read this? Have you checked this out? This yeah. is new. This has all the buzz behind it. Exactly. Um, is that culture still? That's got to be. There's still sure. Comic shops still, still exist. exist. Yeah. So people so, will surely go in yeah. there and like talking to those nerds. Yeah. And, and That's all you got to do and go in and talk to them. 
Just go just talk to the nerds. Talk to the nerds. Get their knowledge. Th- That's they, what they're. They know shit. Yeah, they know shit in that universe in yeah. that world. Uh-huh. They may not know none about how I fix a car or, do or their taxes how, or how or to get laid. Or how to talk to a girl. Yeah, <laughs> they may not be able to do any of those things, but they can tell you the front and back of Marvel and DC and Image Comics. I'm sure. Hell yeah. I'll let you know that the Steve Ditko run of Spider-Man is the best run of <laughs> Spider-Man there ever was. Um, this show is like, I think, man, kind of weirdly boring, boring because we see so much of it coming. I don't know. Could that be it? The whole first episode, I'm just waiting for everyone's uh, eyes and ears to start bleeding out. Like, I know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Is it going to happen now? 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. and then happened like at the very, very end. Was like, oh my god, it took, took a whole episode waiting to get to the thing, the thing that we want to see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like seeing Olivia Thurlby because she's great in dread as yes. as uh-huh. Judge Anderson. Yeah, and uh, she's a British actress who does a lot of UK stuff, which is why we don't get to see her too often on this side of the pond. Okay, so getting to see her in some American stuff is yeah. pretty cool, mm-hmm. and she's a uh, she's a good. Yeah. Yeah, so I like her. I like Diane Lane. I, hope, I, hope I like does. Agent Three Fifty Five. I hope she doesn't cut off her titty. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we got time. We got time for the titty cutting. I mean, if it helps for arrow shooting, I mean, what are you gonna do? It's, it's, it's what matters. What matters more? You want you want to have a titty or you want to protect the tribe? It's what's best. You know, there are them anti-titty cutters out there who are like, uh, does, does science doesn't say this? Like, I don't know. They're on Twitter. It is interesting to see like a take on uh, this society falling apart and people who are like uh, like that one lady who's like um, she shows up with those other moms like she's like yo I know we said we're all gonna stick together but there's <laughs> only room for six of us and you make seven and eight so we gotta like leave behind uh-huh. no, her whole thing where she just keeps getting left behind the president doesn't want her no one wants her she's like shit this sucks. Uh-huh. Um, now they stumble across some sort of like Charles Manson cult in the middle of the somewhere, you know, yeah. right? Oh, That's oh. what's going on, right? You know, more, than about more than likely these fucking. So the show then POV wise is split up. It's not all Yurik mm-hmm. because episode three centers on Yurik, but episode four is on Hero and her buddy uh, Elliot Sam. Elliot Sam Sam. The actor's name is Elliot. Um. Yeah, which is part of the updating from the yeah. book, mm-hmm. where uh, and it's interesting how they've addressed it so far. Well, it, I mean, it was all in one episode, actually. Did they yeah. come back I mean, th- there was some in passing, like every once in a while in the comic books, they'd come across, you know, like signs where, like, they're quote unquote men, or yeah. they're, you know, like for like sex and whatnot. Yeah, and it's just a bunch of ladies on testosterone. Yeah, on T. So when Yurik at one point gets caught up, he tries to be like, uh, "Can I, you know where I can get some T, you know, testosterone, trying to pass no. off as being trans. Um, and then it's the same, I think it's the same episode where um, uh, people talk to Sam and they're like, oh, like, what are you, like, are you, how do you, you a man or whatever? And he's figure like, it out. yeah, he just says, <laughs> figure it out. And then later, those ladies are like, why would you choose to be a man? And he's like, I didn't choose to be a man. I am my, a man. That's what my brain tells me. Yeah. My brain says I'm a man. My body apparently disagrees. Just because I'm missing a chromosome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the whole thing about the chromosome is very... I mean, when the book was written 20 years ago now, almost, right? 
a lot of understanding of that. It's amazing. Still within this century, a lot of understanding of chromosomes and genetic science and all that yeah. stuff was uh, was much more limited than it is now, mm-hmm. especially on a general population level yeah. where, you know, Common knowledge. Common knowledge. Yeah, they ain't co- people are just like, there's a man, there's a woman. Okay, you got you got a pee pee or you got a vagina. What's what <laughs> happening on here, huh? Come on, there ain't no one or the other. Um, yeah, we still as a society have a long way to go, I guess. But I mean, it's interesting that that stuff's been worked in. We'll see how it goes. I'll give it a shot. At this point, though, I'm sort of feeling like how I did when I was watching the season one of The Strain. Which was also an FX show, yeah. and then when season two came around, I was like, mm. yeah, "I'm not sure how I'm gonna start this." But that's a show that did finish. They did all three seasons. They did beginning, middle, and end, uh, whatever the ratings were. So maybe FX has a more lenient policy in terms of like how many people check it out. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Why? Why the last one? Why? Because we said so. That's why. It's a better comic book. It's a better comic book. Yeah, yeah that's unfortunate. Um, speaking of comic books, what if saw the new episode, episode seven? What if we're at, Thor was a party animal? Yeah, where where everybody came back for their voice work. For, everyone came back for what? The voice work. Oh yeah, for the most part, right? Who was missing? Jeff Goldblum came back. DJ Jeff was back. He was like, uh, <laughs> release the foam. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. And then I was like, is that it? Did he come back just for that? And but then he has like another line uh, later or something. But that was pretty awesome. DJ yeah. Space DJ Jeff Goldblum. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Most of the voices did come back. Um, who who is not someone? There was one of the bigger names was there. Anyway, uh, pretty good. More lighthearted in terms of Definitely. like what the how the other episodes. Yeah. Well, I mean, till the very end, where fucking Vision comes out as Ultron with the, all the Infinity Stones. Yeah, it's right. like like that doesn't. Oh seem, fuck, like, that doesn't seem good. <laughs> I don't know how that trajectory happened, but that's yeah, bad. That, that's really bad. It's like straight up Ultron Vision. Yeah, uh, yeah, with all the stones. Yeah. On a, in a cool suit <laughs> uh-huh. with backup. This ain't good. So uh, episodes eight and nine. Then is that how we? I think it's good. Like I said, that we're gonna be mashing these things together. Uatu is like. We get, we got zombie Thanos with the stones. We got Ultron with the stones. We got Doctor Strange over here, like just blinking out universes <laughs> uh, by accident. We I have to fix this somehow, uh, even though I'm forbidden to interfere. Uh, but, but he does though. That's that's his, that's his thing. That's Uatu's <laughs> thing. You guys got to realize that's what that's what separates Uatu from the other Watchers. The other Watchers are like we can't interfere, and Uatu's like yeah sure, <laughs> whatever you say, guys. <laughs> Maybe that's why he gets killed. Does he? Spoiler alert. So, somebody when co- does, who kills Uatu? Somebody kills the Watcher. There's a whole series on it. Wow. And then is it a who killed Uatu? Like, that's the thrux I, of I, the... I, yeah. Like a murder mystery? Yeah. Ooh. Who killed the Watcher? Who does it? Do you know? I don't know. Was it, no. like, so, I didn't read it. Was it like, I just know that it happens, and I was like, I was like, oh shit, the Watcher. Somebody, somebody off the Watcher? Who the fuck does that? Who does that? <laughs> that's crazy. And did another Watcher watch it happen? That's fucking more, man. More than likely. Oh man, look at Owatu over there. He's, uh-huh. he's about to get iced. <laughs> oh shit! He got iced! He got shanked! I told him not to. He kept interfering. That's what happens. Uh, release the phone. And then it's like, what? Uh-huh. And then it's a deep. Oh, hey, that was fun. That was good. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a fun episode. Two left. Episodes eight and nine. <clears throat> so that was good. Decent amount of animated stuff uh, there. In the... No, I don't know what I'm saying. Strike that last sentence. <laughs> uh, note to editor: edit out that last sentence where my brain skipped a beat. Not gonna happen, Chris. The editor will catch that. 
You, you're the editor. Who? <laughs> Whoa, no. Since when? That's not good. <laughs> These episodes probably sound like trash. Oh, shit. Um, I've watched episodes one and two of Squid Game. Okay, and? I'm going to keep watching. Interesting. I'm going to keep watching. Is it super murdery? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean that's what yeah. the preview looks like. It looks like it's it's super murdery. <laughs> yeah, first first episode body count high. All right. So for people who don't know, and there may be a decent amount because it's a Netflix thing, so that means it could like how these things get picked up or you know not get all lost in the cycle. You know what I mean? It's wild. Um, but I think this may be on the uh, like number one trending thing. Like it, got, okay. I think it trended yeah. hard pretty fast. Korean show, South Korean. Dubbed or subtitles, you know, dealer choice. Uh, can I get dub titles? You can get dub titles, man. Those, those, <laughs> it's like wah 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 wah. I am a guy. The um, it's about poor people, or not poor people necessarily, but people in debt, heavily in debt. Who um, who after a weird but you know make a logical selection process, get chosen to be part of this game where y'all get rounded up and they're made to play children's games like like red light green light but uh with, with murderous consequences <laughs> and then if you survive and get to the end you get money there's a big jackpot that you get to split up um but it's really uh interesting and good i gotta say the first episode does start and it's like eh, okay come on let's get it going go. um but by the time you start playing red light green light you're you're on board you're in and then uh, and then episode two takes an interesting turn right away we're like i ain't like i thought i was like they were doing this thing. I don't want to say what's happening. No. They were doing this thing in the plot where I was like, well, clearly the way the show was set up, like this is going to happen because this has to happen, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nope. All <laughs> that went out the window. And I was like, what? Uh, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Squid Game. Lots of murder. It's a, yeah, lots of murder. It's a um, screed against capitalism and classism, 100%. And also, uh, it looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They're like, like the, the some of the costuming is pretty cool looking, and the set designs and stuff gets kind of, kind of trippy and weird once they get into like the game zones and mm-hmm. things like that. So, uh, Squid Game, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish it. So that was that was my just review of the first two episodes. Fun, uh, but yeah, I definitely recommend it. Uh, what do you watch? What did you manage to watch uh, this week? I watched uh, Tony Scott's The Last Boy Scout. For some reason, in my brain, <laughs> our brains are so weird. Yeah, <laughs> they're so weird. For some reason, in my brain, as you said that, the words that popped in my head were Tony Hawk's The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> Tony Scott's. And I'm like, wait, is this, is this a Tony Hawk video game? Where is is what Bruce Willis? What? <laughs> What's happening here? What's, my yeah, that happened in the span of seconds. Tony uh-huh. Hawk's The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> All right, so you played Tony Hawk's Last Boy Scout. How was it? Was it fun? Did you break a guy's nose with a skateboard? <laughs> it's a Tony Scott movie. So there's all sorts of murder. I mean, there's uh, some dude who's fucking playing a football game and pulls out a pistol yeah. and starts mowing people down on his way to the goal line before he blows his own brains out. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's fleshy, too. Yeah! In the rain. It's Tony Scott, dude! Um, <laughs> when was that? 94? Maybe 94? Yeah, 94. Bruce Willis still has hair. He still has some hair. David Wayans. Bruce Willis and David Wayans are in a movie together, and Bruce yeah. Willis is the one with the comedic lines. That yeah. makes no sense. Because <laughs> David Wayans is <laughs> just saying the, the badass football player. 
Yeah, but he was like expelled from the league, right? Or kicked yeah. off the team or something, but he, he keeps hanging out. Um, the scene of that you just described, the football player pulling out the gun and, and yeah. shooting people, uh, like that stuck in my brain for years <laughs> as a teenager. Like, that was fucked up. Imagine if that actually happened. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it looks awesome, that movie. Also, young as hell, Halle Berry. Yeah. Young yeah. as fuck. And she dies quick. <laughs> <laughs> she, gets, she gets shotgunned. She gets shotgunned in that movie. Yeah. That's a fucking wild movie, it's man. It's bonkers, dude. It's yeah. 90s Tony Scott. Yeah, it's Tony Scott. It's Tony Scott. I, you know, speaking of Tony Scott, I recently watched uh, The Fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another sports, uh-huh. Tony Scott sports movie uh-huh. where, again, he knows nothing about sports. <laughs> nothing about him. He makes crazy movies he about makes, it. He makes crazy movies. Yeah, that one's, that one's a cool one. Uh, but Last Boy Scout's probably better. Yeah. That's also um, a Shane Black screenplay. Oh, nice. Yeah. He wrote it, sold it. Obviously, then it gets rewritten and stuff. And then he's like, God damn it, that's not my movie. That kept happening to him. That's why he ended up eventually yeah. making his own movies. Kiss, kiss me, man. So then by the time you get to, like, The Predator, now you can be like, Shane Black, there ain't no one to blame but you, man. Yeah, when you make a fucking garbage movie. You made a garbage <laughs> movie. What's wrong with you? That's all. This one's on you, friend. Friendo. Um, that, that's fun, though. That's a, that's a good one. Tony Hawk's. <laughs> the last boy is good. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then on D plus, I watched uh, Star Wars Visions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, That's on my list to watch. It's like the Animatrix of Star Wars. Yes. Uh, like seven shorts. Nine. I think. Nine shorts. Yeah, between fifteen and twenty minutes. Not bad. Okay, good length. It was a good length then. Um, Japanese made, like yeah. different of like yeah. famous Japanese uh-huh. artists. Yeah. Uh, animation houses yeah. and shit like so, that. So, you, want, you, know, you watch he- all of it? Yeah, so he- heavy influences on the samurai stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah people it's want, like, duh. People online <laughs> complain about like, I don't know why they gotta use so much Japanese stuff in the Star <laughs> Wars. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. The people are the worst. They're the worst. Right-wing Star Wars fans are the worst. Do you not understand they don't what, understand what you're about. watching? They, no, they don't. <laughs> they think they're the rebels. No, they don't. They don't understand nothing. Mm. Margarita. Um, so it's good? Yeah, it's yeah. good. Alright, I need to watch it. I watched it. them all. I need to watch it. Yeah, it was good. I like I've always wanted to let to see what other people do in that sandbox. Yeah, sure. I mean why not? There's so you know, many possibilities. It's just a cool samurai sci fi. Why not? All these different worlds, different creatures. Doesn't have to be different Skywalker aliens, different or color or lightsabers. Yeah, yeah, come on. Different kyber crystals you know. and whatnot. Uh-huh. At uh Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It is weird though that there are there, there are more uh there are definitely more ladies in the Empire this time around. Oh nice. Okay, hell yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's get some more <laughs> ladies in the Empire. Some <laughs> badass bitches being in control too. The um, yeah, well, that was the point of the Empire though. They were supposed to be sterile and all, they, were, they were all clones, Chris. Oh, that's true. Remember? That's true. Well now we changing things up. It's a Disney Star Wars. The uh um Lightsaber workshop. You get to choose between for your kyber crystal color. You can get a lightsaber that's uh, white. Can you get a white one? No. Blue, right? You get a blue, gr- green, purple, red. That's it. Those are four you can get. Okay. What What do you yeah. choose? I mean, it all depends on what kind of Jedi you are, Chris. That, I mean, obviously, <laughs> are, also the hilt. The hilt you can get the. So, so you, you can get. I mean, you can, you can get a badass Stark hilt. So you've got the the 
the blue and the green are for you know Jedi, Obi Wan and Yoda specific. Yeah, the also. the red is Sith. Yes, and then Sith purple Lord. is Mace Windu. I was about to say <laughs> for Samuel L. Jackson specifically for Mace Windu. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and, the, and then you get like either the classic hilt, right? The classic looking Jedi hilt. You get a hilt that's called like a natural one, where it looks like it's made from. Uh, like animal, like a bone that has like a tooth on the bottom, a big ass tooth, and then you get the hilt that's like uh, the more evil looking uh, Sith hilt. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? How are you building your lightsaber? No, no, I have to take a look at it all. Man, you're being so picky. This is a this is a mind exercise, dude. Man. It's a visual it's a, thing. It's a visual. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's a vision Ultron thing. I'm get I'm gonna get <laughs> the classic hilt. But maybe with the red Kyber crystal to go straight you, up Darth cause, Vader. Because you're Sith. I don't apparently. know, man. That's just cool looking. That red light is cool looking. Oh. Uh, although the blue one looks really nice too. It's a really, it's a really nice blue. Oh. That Obi Wan blue. Mm-hmm. What kind of lightsaber would you guys build at home? Let us know. Tweet at us. Hashtag uh, suck my saber. And then, uh, Whoa. then I'll grade your choices on a level of, of four out of eleven. I will grade your your saber. Send me pictures of your saber. Um, what else watch, Drew? That's it. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? That's perfect. That gives us time to jump into um, the best new segment of the 2020s of this decade. That is, of course, Chris Reed's Entertainment Weekly, so you don't have to. Which is monthly? It's monthly. Yeah, we did this a month ago. Uh, the fall TV preview, Drew Sakagbin. They're putting Dexter on the cover. Oh, yeah. I, for, doing I forgot. That. There's, there, there's television season. There's a whole the whole ass season of TV that's about to start. Um, there's also a new editor who has a little letter up top about taking over the editing desk. And the, the look has been streamlined a bit for this edition. It's pretty interesting. There's some good stuff in here that I'm, I skipped over. Well, I am skipping over now. Uh, a nice little Alicia Vikander uh, profile, a little thing here on the filming of Johnny Cash's Hurt video, you know. An ad right for American Spirit Cigarettes. American Spirit, I love these ads for American Spirit Cigarettes. And, uh, oh, oh, hit a button here. Oh, okay, are we good? Are we good? Are we good? You killed it. And, uh, but here's one thing to point out. I will say this is a real quick little bit with Jamie Lee Curtis. Things that scare Jamie Lee Curtis because Halloween Kills is about to mm-hmm. come out. She's 62 years old. They always like to put the ages of everyone in here. Um, she's scared of horror movies. She loathes being scared by scary movies. And, and she's been like Final Girl in a bunch of them. Yes. Uh, I scare so easily. It's the reason that I'm so good at being in them. It's a natural response for me. Um, okay, so she's actually frightened in these movies. Yes. <laughs> she's like, <coughs> so she's not, she's, that's, not, that's not acting. That's just being scared. She's just a scaredy cat. <laughs> uh, Mayor of Easttown. I love trying to untangle the Gordian knot of a good mystery, but scary things scare me. I watched Mayor of Easttown, and my head was under the pillow. That's just a murder mystery, and she was scared of that. Um, she says that rage scares her. Unbridled rage at the old mob rule. Look what happened on January 6th. These people were coming to kill people that's what Hollywood Halloween kills is about a mob of angry people who don't trust the authorities and then finally night shoots scares her I go to bed at 630 so for me night shooting is physically painful my agents know that if the word night is in the title of the movie don't even bring it to me even if they're remaking the night of the iguana I'm like fuck it pass so 
don't don't give her any nice stuff. Um, they did a little interview here together, Danny Elfman and Trent Reznor. Okay. Uh, Elfman has a new album out called Big Mess, and Reznor did a little bit of production work on it, added some vocals and stuff like that. So uh, they did this little interview with the two in there where they gave them a chance to uh, jerk each other off. Here's some of the splooge that came out. Uh, Trent Reznor said he was an Oingo Boingo fan and saw him playing in the Fantasy Theater in Cleveland and uh, that he was in a cover band that played a cover of Nothing Bad Ever Happens to Me uh, which is pretty funny yeah. and Alfman said 20 years ago a producer said to him I think this is for a movie a producer said to him can you do a nine inch nails sound huh. and I go industrial <laughs> yeah and I go no I can't especially not for this period piece which is very funny. Speaking of Tony Scott, I can't recall in the last Boy Scout, does he use any Nine Inch Nails? I don't think so. He does in The Fan. In The Fan is when he uses Nine Inch Nails in The Fan, in Man on Fire, mm -hmm. and Domino, I think. He's pretty early on, on the using the trend Reznor for... Him and David Fincher. For musical scores. We're using, we're using Reznor for music. Before he was starting doing the composing. Before he started doing it himself. Exactly. Um, and then Alfin goes on, I always had in my mind, I wonder when, when Trent's going to do, what Trent's going to do when he starts composing, which I knew he was going to do. I could hear it. Um, and then they asked him, you know, the last 18 months have been stressful for everyone. So during the darker moments, is there anything that they turn to for a laugh or a smile? Alfman. Uh, I'll watch one show with my wife. I know this sounds ridiculous. The Great British Baking Show. There was as much stress as I could take. It's like, will the souffle rise? Oh my god. Will the custard collapse? These are the stress moments, and I find myself getting really caught up in it. Reznor goes on and on about the, the virus. Now, first he was mad about the virus, but now he's mad at... Uh, Idiot people. Yep. Uh, it says, I'm furious to my neighbors. I have five young kids. I'm trying to make a concerted effort to turn off the valve of information coming in and focus on the moment. So I find it uplifting to kind of immerse myself in the struggles of Peppa Pig. So he's just stuck watching kids. Now. Yeah. Because apparently he has five children. I mean, making up for lost time, Trent Reznor. Jesus Christ. How old is he? Like I said, these things always say they have their ages. Um, Trent Reznor is... Oh, He's you lie. Eight, 84 years old. There's a really good interview here with uh, Col Colton, 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 Colton Whitehead, Colson Whitehead. You know what I'm talking about. A uh, whole feature on Dexter. I don't care about Dexter. All right, here's some new show stuff. Here's like the actual section on new shows. First off, just real quick on the Hawkeye show coming out November 24. Okay. It is uh, specifically, uh, it's taken a lot from the 2012 Hawkeye run from these people Matt Fraction and David Aja Aha apparently it's okay. the first time Kate Bishop and um, uh, what's his name uh, uh, Bobby McGarrow's <laughs> Jeremy Ratter Jeremy Ratter's <laughs> character Clint Barton Clint Barton uh, it's like the first time they actually like spend a lot of time together in, in the books so they just went ahead and pulled from that um, I mean it's already there it's literally storyboarded it, exactly. and written already for you exactly someone else ready for another story uh, and what they really want to do is introduce the Kate Bishop character no. to, to move to... So they're going to axe Jeremy Renner. Stop paying him all that money. Axe Renner. Take one more step closer <clears throat> to the Young Avengers. He's coming, baby. Uh, <clears throat> Kevin Hart did a drama 
It's his first drama. It's a limited series. It's coming out on Netflix November 24, right around Thanksgiving, and it's called True Story. He plays a character called Kid, who's a world-famous comedian who returns home to Philly and experiences a lost evening with his older brother, played by Wesley Snipes. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Wesley Snipes is working again. He's been working more lately. You know, he got the he got that small part in Coming to America as a dictator. Mm-hmm. He was really good in that scene-stealing in that. Also, another Eddie Murphy movie, the... The Dolomite movie. He was in that, and people love him in that as well. We need more Wesley Snipes. He's great. Yeah, that amazing. I was just reminded on TikTok of his amazing cameo in that episode of the first season of What We Do in the Shadows, the Vampire Council. Oh, yeah. And he, uh, he like, Skypes in. Because <laughs> oh, he's a daywalker. That was good. And he's like, look at him in the sun flaunting. <laughs> Why is he here? Uh, so does that mean what we do in the shadows is in the MCU? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then they were like, "Where's Rob?" Oh, he would. He wanted to. He didn't want to. He don't show. <laughs> he don't want to be here. There's a whole page on animation. Okay. New animation here. I pulled this one for you. This is yours, buddy. Chicago Party Ant. On. Saw the trailer for it on Netflix. It, eh. It's already out. It's yeah. September 17th. Apparently, it's a Twitter account turned into a show. Makes me want to watch it even less. There you go. Um, there's a show on Amazon Prime coming in October called Fairfax. It's about four middle school best friends in LA who are determined to be cool and strive for influencer status in this adult <laughs> comedy. Doesn't sound like that much fun. All right. Star Wars Visions. Animated influencers. You already talked about Star Wars Visions. Yeah, animated influencers. It was good. So Star Wars Visions, you're talking about. October 22nd on Netflix, Inside Job. Lizzie Kaplan, Christian Slater, and Clark Duke are among the voice cast of this adult comedy on which every conspiracy theory turns out to be true. Ooh, that could be fun. That's Netflix, October 22nd, Inside Job. What's that one? And then uh, this one's for the kids. Paramount Plus Star Trek Colon Prodigy is a Star Trek show for kids. Okay. And then Hulu, November 17, Marvel's Hit Monkey will be released. Hit Monkey? Yep. So is the monkey a hitman? Um, based on the Marvel comic, the darkly comedic series follows a Japanese snow macaque yeah. whose clan meets a stranded hitman, played by Jason Sudeikis, and nurses him back to health. But when... The hitman bites the dust. It's up to the titular Simeon, guided by the ghost of the hitman, to follow in his footsteps and seek vengeance. So, yeah. <laughs> so the monkey's a hitman. Yeah, hit monkey. Fun. Hulu, November 17. That not, that sounds like a good time. There you go. So we finally <laughs> found the winner. We found the winner on that list. That's hit monkey. Uh, here's a picture of John Cho for Cowboy Bebop. I've seen it. It looks... It. I mean... Yes and no. For mm. some reason, like, it just... Okay. Okay. I don't know. It looks weird. All right. Honest assessment from Drew yeah. Sikogren. I mean, it looks accurate, but at the same time, it looks so weird. Still, just not, still just not doing it for you. Yeah, how's that going to work? It's a very exaggerated show. The way he walks, his hair, the clothes. You can only do that stuff animated. And then try to make a live action. You're inherently tampering, tampening, dampening. You are castrating. None of these words are working. You are taking <laughs> the thing that makes a show unique, and you're and you're and you're like no. minimizing it in a way. Well, and it's weird too because like I wanted to see what they were gonna do with the character of Edward, because Edward's a girl, yeah. but you don't find that out in the 
show for like a couple episodes because he's kind of she's kind of androgynous. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's a, it, well, cause it, her name's Edward for Christ's sake. It's an it's Pat scenario. Yeah. And uh it's like she's almost childish in a way. I mean super smart but childish. Okay. It's really weird. Interesting. Interesting. Uh well I guess we'll find out very soon. Yeah. We'll find out very soon how they handle that. There's a really good interview in here uh with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck and I can't say her last name, Nicole Holoff Center. Who's a indie filmmaker okay. who's been around for a long time? Uh, uh, she helped co-write the last duel with Affleck and Damon together again writing together again writing for the first time in twenty years or whatever. But she was there. It's like do a lot of the heavy lifting, and um, and they they got really Scott on pretty early, so they were able to like write to really Scott's strengths. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. It's a pretty good interview, though. It's definitely worth checking out. And then, uh, I think this is the last thing I have here. Yeah, finally, uh, old Rebecca Ferguson. Mm-hmm. She gets her own little couple-page thing, little profile here for Dune. Uh, first off, Rebecca Ferguson, where the fuck has she, where did she even come from? This overnight sensation. I don't know. Rebecca Ferguson, right? 38 years old. I told you, like, they yeah. like put on the ages. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Ferguson started at the age of 16 in a Swedish soap opera. Ah, Swedish. Okay. Yep. Um, In 2013, she did a BBC series, The White Queen, um, where she played Elizabeth Woodville. Um, And then from there, 2015 was Mission Impossible. It was when we... That's when she broke America. Mm -hmm. Actually, Mission Impossible, that's a worldwide breakdown, right? Uh, and also, she got she gets that role because uh, Paula Patton and who's the other one? Maggie Q and uh, who's the other lady? Go. There's another one. Who, none of them are available. <laughs> no one. No one's available. So they got new Bonger or new new Mission Impossible. Girl, Girl. New new Ethan Hawke uh, love interest. That Paul Pan was in the fourth one in, in Mission Impossible GoPro. It was. Yeah, the Maggie Q was in the third one. Yeah. So then the fourth one, and then the fifth one is Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, that makes sense. Neither of them, because they both had TV uh, commitments. Um, so that's how she, uh, that's her, her trajectory in broad strokes. Uh, she took Simon Pegg, her Mission Impossible co star, to a screen of Dune. Wow, lucky bastard. Lucky yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit next to the... A rich, beautiful woman wants to take me to see her new movie. Yes. Fuck. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait. Um, oh, well, this is interesting. She said, so she's now done a couple of Mission Impossible movies. She's done Dune, so she's, she's now been in the big budget blockbuster world. However, she's done very little green screen work. Interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. That is pretty cool. Um, oh, but then she does have this uh, little... Um, uh, anecdote here about working on Dune. We were and about the the sandworms called Makers. We were running away from the sandworms in Abu Dhabi. She recalls, I hadn't even, I hadn't really seen how big it was compared to us. I stop and turn around and I look at this huge thing approaching, and the knee is like, what are you looking at? I want to point to the sandworm, and he goes, well, it's bigger than that. Look up, and I was like there, and he was like higher, and I was like there, higher. And I was like, oh, now I get it. So she had to, she didn't understand that this thing was like the size of a building, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. How do you get that deep into the making of a dune that you don't know? Well, I, thought, I mean, not everybody does their research. 
Um, I didn't. I didn't play. Yeah, no, they don't. I'm, I'm in this movie with all these stars, and I'm getting paid a bunch of money. Have you read the material? No. No. I'm, I mean, I know my lines. I, I know all, all my lines. Yeah, I read, but... I read my sections. I read my stuff. Uh, I didn't. I didn't plan on pulling this part out, but since we since we mentioned it, there is a why the last man review here in mm-hmm. the in the watch section. Middling. A C review. Not good. First two lines of the review. Why the Last Man was one of the best comics ever. Now it's a boring TV show. Agreed. Damn. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I don't know what it was. For some reason, when that was doing its thing, like it was, it was fucking great. Yeah. And then it says here uh, at the very end, and the sheer number of female characters in this end world adventure is refreshing. Or it would be. Like, if like Mad Max Fury Road weren't six years old, Parentheses and much better. Yeah. Is this Dale adaptation just a little too late? I'm not sure if it's a. I don't, I'm not sure if it's done too late. Or maybe just not updated properly in a way that's so. Oh, maybe I don't know. Maybe it is mm-hmm. done too late. Maybe, maybe they missed the oh, chance. Boy, maybe we missed the boot. Maybe it should have been done with Shia LaBeouf when he was a bipolar in his mid twenties, charming, violent man who's uh, so dangerous and compelling to watch. Yeah. That's the kind of that's the Yurik that we're looking for. This guy's an asshole, but we got we got to keep making movies of him because <laughs> he's good, right? That's what we're doing. No, um, well, not anymore. Now, no, he needs to get help. So, all right, that's it for that. But we got more <laughs> coming up. Coming up. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank no. you. I appreciate it. My brain did stick there. Um, so we have a comment in the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. We have an email to read. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a whole bunch of stories about shit. That aren't related to Entertainment Weekly. No. None of the... <laughs> no other. It's Entertainment Daily. <laughs> That's our show. Entertainment Daily. It comes out once a week. Yeah. yeah. Entertainment Weekly comes out once a month. I mean, I see the pattern. I know how yeah. we make money. I see what's going on. So Entertainment Daily continues Gentleman's in the Quarterly comes out once a month? Yeah, they, I think they screwed that one up. <laughs> by, our, by our by our math, it should be two epis- two issues a year. Quarterly, Chris, four. That's what I'm saying. Four, so these four three, issues. These four three. issues a year. But then, cha They're taking that and they're all... You know what I mean? They said doing four, they do 12. Yeah. Four, but no, the other way. Instead of doing four, they do two. That would... Because we're doing a daily show, but it comes out once a week. <laughs> right? Like, the weekly thing comes no, out we once a month. We do a weekly show. Yeah, but it's daily. The news is daily. I collect the news daily during the week, and then we report it at the end of the week. So it's daily, but it's just it comes out once a week is all. People can listen on any day they want. It's fine. Um, so we have shit. We have questions. We have comments. We have concerns, concerns, uh, thoughts, ideas, um, heresies. <laughs> Plenty of those. And then, of course, uh, a brand new sponsor this week. So uh, this sponsor is for, more for it's a little more localized. But uh, if you can take advantage of the sponsor, go ahead. Let them know that Cinema Crespities have sent you. Take a good look at Clyde Garfield's Cadillac and Oldsmobile dealership. And then take a drive in a new Oldsmobile, Cadillac, or one of the fine used cars. Serviced by Clyde's 21 factory trained personnel and expert craftsmen. Cadillac and Oldsmobile means the very best in automobiles. And Clyde Garfield is the best in dealership and service. Clyde Garfield's Cadillac and Oldsmobile, New England Automobile Village, Route 3, New Hampshire. 
You're invited to stop in at Nashua's own McDonald's on Route 101A. You'll find McDonald's high-quality, fast service, and reasonable prices. Also, visit McDonald's at the Drum Hill shopping area in Chelmsford. Treat yourself and the family at McDonald's soon. Ladies and gentlemen, local listeners, or well, listeners in the area specific to, uh, you know, uh, Drew, I subscribe to a service where the uh, the ads actually change depending on where you listen to them. So okay. depending on where you are sure. in the country, you should be getting your area's ads. So I hope to, uh, you check out those sponsors, help us out. Uh, also, hopefully join us next week will be, uh, uh, don't you have a, you know what? Never mind. What? <laughs> Where can people find you online? Can't. Ha! All right, then. I mean, if you do some sleuthing, you probably could, but I'm not going to respond. Hell no. Why would you respond? There is the uh, the Twitter account, which is, I think it went back to Antihero419. It's either that or at Drew Chicago. One or two. I forget. Oh. But there's a, there is a parody account that uh, that is mean. It's not me. But it's not Drew. It's not I true. mean, it, it is me, but it's not me. It's also, uh, I think it's actually meaner than you are in real life. To, really? To be fair. Yeah, Maybe it's old Drew. It's your angry id. It's yeah. It's the, the version Pissed of you that gets mad at everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, there's a time and place for that shit. And you know what? That's what the, whoever that whoever that Drew Cogburn fan is, if that's how they see him, that's... I'm may, totally okay with that. If that's how... That you are their spirit animal. Who are we to say no? No. Uh, anyway, you got you got, you got a Twitter parody account, so that's good which, enough. Which is awesome. Which is awesome because I mean, Drew doesn't actually have to do anything. <coughs> Apparently, I have an online presence that I don't even know about. It doesn't have to curate, man. Perfect. Uh, you can join our Facebook group. Uh, you surely delete your Facebook account, but if you keep it. Join our Facebook group, Cinema Crespity, so, and there's a comment slash question thread where you can leave a comment or a question or a request for dating advice, or you can leave us a banana bread recipe, or you can tell us your favorite Spock, or you, you could do so many things. Uh, let's see how it is used this week. Top three Bond movies, regardless of actor. Who said that? Uh... You close it without giving the person credit. They want the credit, Drew Stacogger, and they barely even care about the question. Uh, they just want to hear their name. Eric Wolf. They, Eric just wants to hear his name say, what's up, Eric? Eric gets at us. Big ups to Eric. Eric Wolf. He's top, the man. Top three Bond movies, regardless of actor. Eric's watching, uh, he's re-watching Bond movies in anticipation of No Time to Die. Of the new Bond? No tiempo al muerto. I don't think that's right. Um... But he's not like movie four. He's got a long way to go. There's like he's got like twenty more movies to watch in the next twenty two days. So top three bonds, regardless of actor, uh, bond movies. I guess right. Top three bond movies. We were so Drew and I actually were talking recently off mic about how he's not really into Bond. He's seen some of them, obviously the more recent ones, right? Mm-hmm. But he really, but you're not too that into it. And I like Bond I've been watching them since I was a kid but at the same time it's I'm not the biggest fan of them no. um, and I'm in that weird age range where quote my Bond when people say this is my Bond it's usually just whoever the first one that they saw it's like whatever however whatever Bond you saw when you were 10 years old 
that's called your bond, right? I mean, yes and no. For, for a lot of people, that's I mean, the, way the first is. bond I saw was Sean Connery, and then Goldeneye. How's happened. that? How's that the first bond? Because you watch it at home, mm-hmm. okay. something on TV, probably. Oh, okay, fair, fair. Yeah, and, okay. And okay. then, and then Pierce, but Pierce Brosnan was Pierce a new Brosnan bond at the for time. 007 for Goldeneye, and then I mean, but I watched. I mean, I watched all the Daniel Craig ones, and he's a fine bond. He is a fine bond. Yeah. Well, that's because we're about, well, we're adults of higher intellect than most people. Um. Quote, my bond for a long time was Timothy Dalton, just because The the Living Daylights came out when I was seven years old, maybe eight, when it hits VHS. Parents watch it, so I watch it, and it's my first Bond movie, and he's, in that one, he's a, he's a badass in that movie. He's, he's kind of closer to the Daniel Craig Bond in Casino Royale, where Mm -hmm. he's like a hard-ass dude who ain't taking no shit. Um, He only did two movies, Timothy Dalton. And the second one, the license to kill Benicio del Toro is in it. Nineteen years old, as like the main bad guy is a henchman. So he's fir- he's the first henchman. Yeah, he's henchman number one, and making him, I think this still holds up, the youngest uh, henchman ever in a uh, in a Bond movie at nineteen. Um, which would and then that was ninety one something like that. So that's a good five years before he did four four years before he did Tony Scott's Tony Hawk's the fan. <laughs> Tony, I can't believe you heard Tony Hawk. He doesn't make movies, Chris. He makes video games and skateboards. That's why in my brain it was a video game where he was like uh, skateboarding alongside. They they just Bruce Willis. They just re released the Tony Hawk's. Yeah, they did. They remastered them. Yeah. Right. I want to play it. I haven't gotten around is to it, it. Is it just cross-platform, or is it Nintendo? Or yeah, no, I think it's on everything. It's on everything? No. I still got to get some sort of system. And there's been the whole system shortage of the last... Uh, people. My brother's been trying to get an Xbox for, like, 11 months now. No. What the... Come on. Pandemic stuff. Pandemic stuff. Come on. Uh, Suez Canal blockages and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, hear about all the the cargo ships that are like backed up in the in the in the off the coast of California. No, a whole bunch of those big carrier cargo ships. They're Why backlog? Just no. they can't process them fast enough. <laughs> Lack of people resources. It's weird. It's almost like a million people just disappeared over the course of a year real fast. I don't know what happened. A million people? More than that. How many I hope people, so. How many people died? A, a lot, I hope. Enough that it's and, noticeable and in our infrastructure. And more. More to come. That's a, So back to why The Last Man. It's interesting when they talk to like, yo, we only have one person that can do nuclear power stuff because of, uh, you know, ingrained sexism and misogyny in culture that there's just like... She even says, I'm like, you've been the only woman in the room at times. You know, you know what that's like. No. Now we need you now. Um, that's, 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 anyway, that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. That's top three bonds. We, we even start, <laughs> we, we, we even start on the question. All right, Trisha Cotton, here we go. Let's talk about some James Bond. Obviously, if we're talking James Bond, we can't forget Skyfall. We have to talk about Skyfall. I mean, yeah. It's the best one, isn't it? I mean, probably. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's just like a movie. It's not even a Bond <laughs> movie. It's like it's just a movie. Movie movie. Yes, yeah. With the, with the weird Home Alone at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I enjoyed. So, I mean, so Daniel Craig's got to be in the top three. For Bonds, then. Yeah. yeah. That, just in that way. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a great Bond. Um, Goldeneye. I mean, duh. Right. Sean Shit. Bean dies twice. He, the movie's so good, Sean Bean dies twice. He dies in a lot of movies. In this movie, he, I'm pretty sure this is the only one where he dies twice. Yeah, it is for sure. Um, 
that movie's smart enough to find a way to kill Sean Bean twice. That's how yeah. good that movie is. Mm-hmm. GoldenEye is a very, very good movie. Along with a great video game. Great great video game. Iconic video game. Uh, also introducing the world to uh, Famke Jensen. Ah, yes. Who went on to do like a really weird interpretation of Jean Grey. Very, a very bosomy interpretation of Jean, Jean Grey. Um, Skyfall, GoldenEye, and Bond, number three, movie, gonna be, have to be, I think. Man, is it Casino Royale? I'm okay with that. It's like a really good movie. It's weird because first off, you got two Daniel Craig movies in the top three. It's also weird because second off, you got two Martin Campbell movies in the top three because he directed Golden, uh, Golden Eye as well as Casino Royale. I'm pretty sure the question about was top three Bonds. Was uh, it Bond or Bond movies? I think it was Bonds. It says Bonds regardless of movie. I'm pretty sure. Wait, I thought it was no. I thought it was Bond movie regardless of which Bond. I thought it was Bonds regardless of which movie. Well, then you know what? We'll just do both. <laughs> we'll do both. Top three Bonds. Should we have, of course, Roger Moore? No. <laughs> you have Timothy Dalton. No. <laughs> you have the Australian one. As far as I'm concerned, George top, Lazenby. The top three Bonds are going to be Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig, Sean Connery, Sean Connery and, Pierce Brosnan, and Pierce Brosnan. In whatever order you decide. The Irish one. The Irish one is. Yeah. Uh, so you're talking about the the Scottish one, the Irish one, and finally the English one. Yeah. Kind of find what the Australian one might. George Lazenby, give him a show. He did one movie, His Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> you see that one might. That's that's the sneaky Bond movie. That's the one where Connery quits. He's like, I'm finally done. Connery does like five movies, maybe. He's like, I'm finally done. I quit. So they go looking for Bond, and they find Australian male model George Laserbrain, who. Uh, does a great performance as fucking Bond. But the brush with fame, I think, I think, scares him. So uh, by the time production's wrapping up, he's doing the whole thing where he's talking to the media. He's like, I don't know about if I want to keep doing it, blah, blah, blah. I'm probably just going to you know do whatever. I want a vacation. And then he does. He takes a break from everything, grows a beard, like goes to Hawaii. And then he comes back like a year and a half, two years later. He's like, okay. I reflected, I meditated, I prayed on it. I'm ready. I'm ready, mate, to be James Bond again. And they're like, oh, shit. No, we, we're balls deep in production with Roger Moore. Like, we, we moved on from you, Mr. Lazenby. You've, you know, you've had your moment, and you decided to opt out. Uh, there's no opting back in, so he had his shot. Mm-hmm. He ends up doing this movie called um, Never Too Young to Die, which is a great title. Mm-hmm. Never Too Young to Die. It's a John Stamos Did- movie. Do children get killed? Uh, high school age children are under threat. Okay. But no, actually, I don't think they ever die. Cast, John Stamos. Um, what's her name from pr- Vanity? Vanity's in it. Um, they have a weird-ass sex scene. That's crazy. Um, Gene Simmons is the bad guy. Okay. All right. And George Lazenby plays a James Bond-like character who's on a mission in the beginning of the movie, and he dies, and his son is John Stamos' character, and the whole thing is supposed to be like James Bond Jr., essentially. And the casting of George Lazenby in that role is to be like the whole, like the subtext of, oh, look, man, we got a Bond doing this this spy thing here. So that was his sort of trying to be like, I guess so. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, sorry. Sorry, laser brain. Uh, so yeah, so he, he he made a movie 
spent a year and a half in Hawaii with the money yeah. he made. With a beard. And was like, you know what? I'm going to come back and you, make some more money. You know, oh, nope. Sorry. Guess no more money to be made. And then Roger was like, sorry. Sorry, friend. That's me now. I'm 85 years old and I'm just starting out. <laughs> and I'm going to make seven of these fucking things. Um, yeah. So top. Yeah. Right. Okay. I th- did we answer the question there? I think we did. Sure. Sure. F- sure. Fine. Good. Great. Good. Okay. Great. Excellent. Uh, my favorite Bond is, of course, Woody Allen in the uh, the very first Casino Royale. No, it's Peter Sellers. There's a Casino Royale. The first adaptation of Casino Royale happened in the '60s, and it, I think it's it's is Peter Sellers Bond. Uh, there's an additional Bond out there that no one ever talks about. Not the real Bond. Is isn't it officially Bond sanctioned? I I mean. It's like not, yeah, it's not Bond, mm-hmm. it's not Bond Gannon, but neither is Never Say Never Again, which is the Sean Connery movie he made in the 80s where uh, uh, they were already making Bond movies with Roger Moore and he wanted to make one, but, but they didn't have the rights to it. So we're like, fuck it, we'll just make the movie and we'll cut out references to, uh, there'll be no theme music, there'll, there'll be, be no cue. Yeah, all that stuff is gone, <laughs> but we will all know yeah. when Quinn gets a fucking Bond movie. Uh, and that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Actually, I think it's a remake of Thunderball, which is a Roger Moore one. That's like one of the worst ones. And they were like, well, we'll do it better. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it better. And I think they did, actually. Anyway. Um, you can email us, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com. Thoughts, comments, questions, uh, a banana bread recipe. Seriously, guys, send me a banana What's bread What's with you and banana bread recipes? I got all these bananas. <laughs> I'm, I'm balls deep in bananas, and I came into a banana inheritance, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> And Do you own like a plantation that I don't know about I, I now? I came into the plantation money, but it's like dilapidated plantation <laughs> money. It, it, there's a lien on it. It's bad. <laughs> I'm, I inherited it underwater. So, so you inherited plantation debt. I inherited. Yeah. <laughs> Just my luck. Just my luck. Okay. It, instead of getting inher- plantation inheritance, I got plantation debt. <laughs> well, you still inherited the debt. I inherited that, so I got a plantation debt inheritance. <laughs> Um, and I'm 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 just up to my asshole in bananas, guys. <laughs> and they're going they're going brown fast. They're going brown so fast. Oh, please help. So many brown bananas. Maybe some of them gone up your asshole. You know what? I <laughs> I contemplated that, right? You know what? To to be fair, I thought about it, and I was like, two bananas tops. <laughs> okay. What am I What am I gonna do with the rest? It, it's like why even bother if I can only get two tops? Yeah, and it involves squishing. Uh, that's, that's bad. That's bad news. Don't want you guys. Don't want to do that. All right, we're getting an email from Gabe. What's up, Gabe? Entitled "Wake Me Up When September Ends." Wake me up when September ends. What I up? don't have any friends. What up, show? What's up, Gabe? I just want to comment on your recent Patreon app on the Dark Knight. Oh, you, thanks, buddy. You mentioned you really liked Gyllenhaal over Katie Holmes as Rachel, and you triggered me. Maggie Gyllenhaal is absolutely terrible. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I could never pinpoint why I hate her so much in this movie. For some reason, I find Katie more believable. Is it Katie's charm? Her relaxed performance? Is Katie smoother? I don't know. Smooth, but Maggie you mean smoother face? doing about, it for me. talking about her bulldog face? <laughs> I don't think it's her character or arc. It's Maggie. There's just something about Maggie. I love The Dark Knight. It's my absolute favorite all-time movie. But I think Maggie makes me mad every time. Also, Dark Knight's your all-time favorite movie, Gabe. 
Man, I hope you hope, yeah. I hope we did the hope we did it justice for you in that bonus episode. Uh, also, I agree with Juicer. Harvey Dent performance is fine. Two Face is underwhelming. Okay, but hey, Joker. Yeah, yeah, Joker makes up for a lot of Joker does a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, the first couple of times I found it hard to follow the accountant guy scene where Bale crashes the Lambo. Yeah, I found trying to track. Which police officer had sick family, and the accountant guy was pacing, paced really fast. And first, I was like, "Why is he in here?" Yeah. But upon multiple viewings, it, made, it makes sense since I can anticipate the beats of the movie. I'm fine with it now, but maybe more exposition or slower cuts could have worked better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Drew, we were able to talk about Drew because I had my notes. I was like writing down, see, oh, let me see this happens here, and then, and then this guy is happening. Like the first time you see the movie. There's a lot of moving parts to the point where I'm like, could this have done with maybe one less subplot? <laughs> At <laughs> I least mean, maybe two. Probably. Right? Probably. Definitely. <coughs> so, uh, well, man, the movie's so good, though. Oh, uh, and he's got some reviews. Yeah, so let's hear them, gay. Vacation Friends. Oh, the, that Hulu movie that got a sequel. It did so well on Hulu. Uh, meh. There are some really good callback jokes in this movie okay. uh, that do really well. John Cena is acting his ass off, mm-hmm. but the first movie I see him in and he's cast pretty well, but overall pretty predictable. Meh. Wow. A double meh from him. Meh at the beginning, double meh at meh. the end. Yeah. We got meh bookends. Uh, supervised. But I don't know what this one is. Me neither. Imagine the boys, but in a retirement home. Okay. A C movie that's too long, starring Tom Berenger and Bo Bridges. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, man. My favorite character is the speedster Flash type guy. He steals this movie, but overall, boring. Oh, that sucks that it's boring, because honestly, if you told me there's a... If you told me superheroes in a retirement home, Bo Bridges and Tom Berenger, I'm in. (laughs) If you told me that, I'm fucking in. That sounds awesome. But then he said it was boring. I believe Gabe. I, I trust the Gabe. All right. Thanks for taking the hit for us on that one. Uh, inside review. Inside. The horror movie inside? I, I don't know. I finally renewed Netflix and got a chance to see this. Really unique and unlike anything I've ever seen. I think it will grow to be a classic. Maybe Pixar? That was That's Inside Out. Oh, it's Inside Out. Inside. Inside. Well, you know what? It's a, it's going to be a classic, guys. It's on Netflix, whatever it is. That's the problem with these generic movie titles. You know? I hate it. Come on. Give, give me something more specific, like the Imaginarium of Dr. Pernarsis, <laughs> whatever that show was. <laughs> the only thing I know about Burnham is he's a YouTuber. Oh, Bo, oh, Bo, Bo, Bo Burnham. Burnham. There's more, Drew. You stop Sorry. reading. <laughs> I thought that I but there's more to the title. The way, right? It's broken. I'm no, sorry. but there's more to the title though. It yeah. should be like inside Bo Burnham or something like that. Yeah. All right, okay. All right. Uh, the only thing I know about I, Burnham is he's a YouTuber turned professional comedian. Never heard any of his stuff. My sister was telling me all about how he stopped performing. So for him to come out with this is really strong. Yeah, he has way he has a way of thinking that I can't compare to any comedian I know. So he's definitely got me interested in him. He's definitely very smart. Some of the songs are legit bangers and hilarious. Yeah. It's, and it's weird because it's produced well enough to not overly pop radio sounding. Definitely going to have another at this one. Watch it before the end of 2021. Yeah, and the music's all, like the album's on Spotify. I was just about to say the album's on Spotify. Yeah. It's, it is, yeah. it's a good listing. And some of it has made for uh, TikTok viral videos yeah. that people love. The Jeff Bezos one for yeah. viral video stuff. The, the, the first videos. one, the content one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super, dude. That's a fucking banger. <laughs> yeah, and so is uh, the white lady on Instagram. Yeah, white you're right. Lady yeah. On, it's, all, it's all very good. Um, yeah, Bo Burnham's 
pretty great. It's annoying because uh, uh, I'm just I'm just sick of these white men who are like every now weird, every he, now and then a white man pops he's up. He's a weird like, white guy too. No, but I'm just saying. But every now and then a white a straight white guy shows up who's like the he's talented like, as fuck. And it's like, damn it, <laughs> we're trying to like mix it up here, dude. But no, I want more Bo Burnham. Come yeah, on, uh-huh. do do more stuff, please. Um, what's the movie? Goddamn, uh, eighth grade. Yeah, it's great. It's a great movie. Yeah, you know, and and it's a perspective too. That's like it's a uh, that isn't his perspective and, and he, somebody else's, and he no. still somehow nails nailed it. it. Psh, fuck this guy. <laughs> fuck this asshole. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, yeah. Inside for sure, it's gonna be a classic. Yeah, you nailed the game. Ouch. Where's my hamper? What's he got? That's it. That's it. Fuck. That's everything. All right, well, let's get into some new shit. I, I split it up into different shit groups. Okay. All right. You got this shit and that shit. That's so much bullshit, some man. Shit. Because it's all bullshit, right? Disclaimer up top. Everything about to hear for the next 20, 25 minutes is all bullshit as we end this episode. Here we go. Starting with some Emmy shit. All right, the Emmys just happened. And uh, Seth Rogen, he came out on stage. And like the first thing he said was, uh, this is not safe. They lied to us. What the fuck? Because they did. Uh, they did the Emmys in a tent. Quote tent outside, but the tent was like had tent walls set up, so it, it was still sort of sealed in. So they just did a big old room, but outside, but it was still a room. And then they packed the place pretty tight. It looked like. So uh, he came out on stage and immediately uh, talked shit about the. Uh, uh, covid protocols right away Mm -hmm. and then uh both Questlove, who was djing and cedric the entertainer who was hosting had to then come out afterwards and be like yo despite what seth said we were practicing all the protocols and i'm happy to be here we're all vaccinated like they were they had to during the show run inter uh not interference but um Damage control yeah. for Seth Rogen dropping that shit, and then afterwards the producers were like all mad about Seth Rogen doing that shit because their their case is like, yo, we ran rehearsals with him. He saw the space. He knew what we were doing. Uh, he didn't say any of that shit during rehearsals, so he for sure like planned to sabotage us or whatever. So it's a it's a weird little weird little story. Strange. Meanwhile, Jean Smart having herself a little nice little late career later career. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, renaissance herself with she's doing the legion and now in the hacks mm-hmm. and uh, what was the other thing she just did she just did another thing where she's in the thing with the stuff and uh, watchmen yes you're right yeah watchmen yeah um she for hacks was nominated for a bunch of emmy stuff one for outstanding lead actress in a comedy series uh, which means she is uh let's see it's a weird like record that she is now sharing with Betty White. What? Yes. In which she has now her and Betty White are like the only people to have won Emmys for like everything for everything comedy related Uh, for guest actress, supporting actress and lead actress in a comedy series. Her and Betty White have won all three. And like, that's it in terms of uh, that, that award category. So good for Jean Smart. That's a very cool woman. She's good. She's great. Uh, Marvel fans are all angry because WandaVision got nominated for a whole bunch of stuff, but won nothing. 
Okay. And Marvel fans can't just be happy that WandaVision was even like recognized Nominated. as being yeah, worthy. Like, like, hey, it's TV. It's more than it's more than Marvel. Yeah, it's more than just bullshit. You got something that people are like happy with, you know. But now they're all mad that that it didn't win all the awards. By the way, why why didn't you guys watch Legion? Yeah, exactly. Guys, you, you, <laughs> you fucking idiots. Because it's too smart for them. That's why. God, that show is so good. Because it's too smart and too interesting, and it, and it involves like attacking rape culture and toxic, toxic masculinity and like interesting things. And I, I want to see this is art that's confrontational. <laughs> this is confrontational art. No, I want a Marvel movie yeah. where uh, they they don't even kiss. But but but. but. There, there are two people. There's two people in one head, and they're literally fighting it out. It's crazy. Psychically. I mean, are they all in his head? Ah. I thought that was the whole point. Yeah. It's weird how the end of season, <laughs> the end of season one ends with like a it's whole like, team of people busting them out, and they're all they all like comic booky superhero yeah. type people that we never see any of them ever again. Mm. Yeah. They're like, don't no, fuck that. We're not doing that. <laughs> that was a trick. We tricked you. Um, no, WandaVision didn't win shit. Uh, but Netflix, however, won 44 awards, beating out HBO, which won like 20 something awards. So it was Netflix's night. Well, I think that's just more because Netflix, like, I mean, how much money have they spent recently just on content, period? Like producing content. A billion dollars, two so, billion a year, or something, something stupid, a stupid amount of money. No. A stupid amount of money that involves. The B word. I'm talking, so, and I'm talking about. It, see you next Tuesday. I mean, if if they keep winning all that money, hmm. I mean, if, if, they, if they keep winning awards, they'll keep getting money. Yes. So because they attract talent. Yeah. Yes. And then, which will either retain subscribers or hopefully get them subscribers. I mean, they get to a certain point where I mean they run out of households, right? I mean, they're I, I, they're probably emerging markets. There's, yeah, they have 200 million subscribers. You, you still have to get internet to some people. They, they got to get into China. Not, they're not in China? Nope. Oh, that, that could easily double their business. Yeah, they're not even in China. Let's talk about some industry shit. Uh, IATSE, strike. That's probably going to happen. No. That's going to be a big interrupter here in terms of entertainment. No. Bigger than COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, IATSE being the uh, all the stage hands and all of them. And it's mostly over streaming revenue. They're not getting a fair share cut of streaming revenue. And But a big part is also, uh, like, th- there's an article here that I pulled that's about uh, someone collating and con- collecting anonymous stories of stage workers, uh, their their experiences uh, in the industry in Hollywood, both TV and movies, and how they work 8, 10, 12, not 8 hours, but like 10, 12, 13 hour days, 14 hour days. Expect- 20 hour days. Well, not, <laughs> might as well be, you know, I mean, when you're expected to do a turnaround, like you got to so work 12 hours and then you got to go home and sleep for four hours. And then you got to come back in the morning. That What the fuck is that? That no. might as well be a 20 hour day. The, uh, their working conditions are pretty bad. And uh, they're striking, they're striking for better working conditions and for uh, and for proper pay. No. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, here's so the we thing: got, we stand, we stand, we stand with them. Some of these people, yes, they're working on multi-million-dollar projects, right? But the profits from these multi-million-dollar projects could be in the tens of hundreds of billions of dollars yeah overall so, too the long term yeah and then a big deal we said this last week too but the big deal is also 
under the current contracts that they have working, the current union agreement, streaming service, it was negotiated in like 2008, when 2009. streaming services weren't as big as they are now. It was newish. Yeah, so it was labeled under new media, which means the revenues are very, very low. The shares are very low. They wanted to be, and they wanted to be labeled under a category that is literally called not so new media. No, fuck that. Yeah, where it's not even, it's not you, even like. You guys are goddamn media. Guys, you, just pay. So, okay, so here, here's the thing. Just pay them. You, you, you just won how many Emmys? Right, Netflix, 44 Emmys for all this shit. Yeah, and give people the monies that, Come they, on. that they worked hard for. <laughs> give people the monies that they worked hard for. Come sure. on. Um, or else we're going to come out with the pitchforks. So, uh, I actually is probably going to be striking soon. If they do, we stand with them. Agreed, yeah. Uh, Netflix is holding their own version of Comic Con called Tudum. T-U-D-U-M, Tudum. It's supposed to be the sound when we, when you start Netflix and it goes, dum dum. Okay. So it's called Tudum, T U D U M, Tudum. That's weird. And they're doing a whole Comic Con style virtual event to pimp their shit because they're trying to. Uh, so it's Netflix Con. They're doing Netflix Con. Okay. Netflix Con is happening. Let's talk about some celebrity shit. This is some real celeb- celebrity shit. Asa Butterfield. Remember him? The ish. <laughs> With a name like that, how can you? I mean, he was uh, he was the kid in uh, yes. Ender's Game. Yes, he's Ender's Game kid. He was also the kid in Hugo. Oh, okay, and even younger. And uh, he's not so much a kid anymore. Twenty four years old, um, but he got on Twitter to get all mad about people. He said he tweeted, "quote I'm so tired of people filming me slash taking pics without asking while I'm out." While I'm on a night out, it actually kills my mood and my night. Fuck off, leave me alone, please. You wanted to be a movie star, and now you're angry that you're famous. Ah, and then he writes, tweeting this from a cab home after I had to slap multiple phones out of my face tonight. In response, one of his followers said, "It comes out by the fact of being a celebrity. Deal with it, or choose another career." Um, he responds, well, I had no idea. Thank you for enlightening me. Uh, I mean, sarcasm doesn't really work over the internet. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, he did say a while ago, I don't see myself acting for my entire life. So we'll see. Maybe he'll just go ahead and get out of this uh, limelight. No, it's not like he's been in anything recently. Anyway, it's been a while since the boy with the striped pajamas. I mean, how, how much money do you need? How much money have you made? How much money have you spent? Oh, and obviously he's good enough now. Right? It's not. He does not seem to be clamoring for work. He's just going out for a night out and then having people putting phones in his face. Like, oh, let me take a picture, mate. Aren't you? Aren't you the ball from the Martin Scorsese movie about George Millier? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's my. That's my mate. <laughs> I'm just trying to have a point. Um. Wife beater Johnny Depp says cancel culture. No one is safe from cancel culture while accepting an award. What? That's a headline that I saw. That I was like, that's a great headline. Yeah. That's a great headline. Because you can say now in media, no matter what media outlet, you can say it. Johnny Depp is a wife beater. Not alleged. Is. <laughs> because. <laughs> They just went through a whole libel case in the yeah. UK. They really, and, and libel was way different in the UK. They went through a whole thing, and UK courts were like, you know what? No, th- th- there's evidence that he is a wife beater. So sorry, Johnny Depp, sir. You, you hit your a, wife. I was such a huge fan. But he, um, he's, got, he's got problems. They're all got problems. 
Amber Heard also has problems. Not good. Y'all got problems. So, uh, wife beater, Johnny Depp. Drugs are bad, MK. Drugs are bad, MK. They are bad. (laughs) He uh, was accepting an award in Spain at the San Sebastian International Film Festival, the Honorary Don Estonia Award, given annually to recognize, quote, its outstanding contributions to the film world from, quote, great names who will be part of cinema history forever. That's according to the festival's website. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't deny Johnny Depp's influence on popular media Absolutely. I agree. So he gets this award, and in his speech, in accepting the award, he says, quote, it can be seen as an event in history that lasted forever long and hasted. This cancel culture, this instant rush to judgment based on what essentially amounts to polluted air. It's so far out of hand now that I can promise you that no one is safe. No one of you, not one of you, no one out that door, no one is safe, he added. He's just pissed off that his secrets are out and people know who he actually is. Yeah, but that's precisely what it is. And also, for whatever reason, this I would agree with. Amber Heard still gets to be in, like, Aquaman 2 and doesn't yeah. have the same cause. Some shit came out about her as well. Um, well, I mean, if he was... I mean, he's obviously made a lot of money in his career. If he's smart, he would have saved some of that. Yes, exactly. Instead of his $25,000 a month wine habit, he continues here, quote, It's not just me that this happened to. It happened to a lot of people. This type of thing has happened to women, men, sadly, at a certain point. They begin to think that it's normal or that it's them when it's not, end quote. Uh, Johnny Depp then continues to provide the examples of and who and no one because that's bullshit. (laughs) It can happen to anyone. It's happened to all these people. It can happen to you. It can happen to me. It happened to no one. Yeah, it happened to you because you're a wife beater. It happened to Harvey Weinstein because he's a rapist. It happened to Bill Cosby because he's a rapist. What else we got? And and he drugs girls. And he drugged women. He drugged women on top of raping them. That that does make it worse, 100%. I feel like, yes, it makes it worse. Because it's another another felony. It's literally another felony. Um, it happened to Kevin Spacey because he's a goddamn alleged molester and rapist. It happened to uh, Matt Lauer because he's a goddamn alleged rapist. Johnny Depp's out there. Cancel culture can happen to anyone. <laughs> As he accepts an award. Mm. Man. It's like every every now and then I think, should I watch a Mel Gibson movie? No. <laughs> and then you, you want to watch Passion of the Christ again? Don't even listen to the audio. Read Mel Gibson's quote when he had that, that leaked audio of him talking to his uh, girlfriend at the time. And he's talking about, uh, he's like, I hope you get raped by a pack of N-words. I'm like, whoa. When you read it, it's one thing to hear it. Yeah. But then when you have to look at the words uh-huh. that he says, like, yeah. how can anyone support this fucking douchebag? And it's like, dude, didn't you do... How, how many movies did you work with with Danny Glover? Oh, man. That what makes it how so many? sad. And then you watch Lethal Weapon 2 where yeah. the bad guys, the South Africans, and uh, they're supposed to be like Mel Gibson's fighting the racist. Yeah. He's like, no, me, mate. I'm, I'm all, I love them. I love Apartheid. black people. I love black people, mate. <laughs> no, apparently not. You fucking piece of shit. You fucking piece of shit. Um, oh man, I'm so time management is not good. Nicholas Cage was mistaken for a homeless man and kicked out of a Vegas restaurant. That's bad. Cool. So if you live in Vegas, there's a good chance where you can uh, just see Cage hanging out drinking, so and, drinking and, himself into a stupor. Yeah, yeah, and he's a millionaire homeless man. He's a millionaire homeless man. Uh, apparently, a regular of that restaurant took him home. So that's another. You can get, get to see Nicholas Cage's house if you're living out there in Vegas. And, um, and or, then, his, or his penthouse, maybe. 
Oh, yeah, wherever, wherever he's right. at. Yeah, yeah sure. He lives, wherever yeah. he lives. And uh, apparently, he says the reason why he works so much is because when he doesn't work and he has nothing to do, this is what he does. He mm. self-destructs. Yeah. He's like, I, he wakes up in the morning, I got nothing to do. Rolls over, mm. self-destructs. Just get button. fucked up. <laughs> he hits yep. that button hard. It's a big red button and he hits it hard. Um, Yeah, people thought he was a homeless man. And then they got closer and they're like, oh. It's Nick Cage. He's like, oh, I just look, I'm looking for the... <laughs> There's a there's a map in the back of the book. Also, just you gotta take, get a whiskey double double. Just, just take me there. <laughs> just take me take me. Let's follow this map and take me there. Oh, it's the Bunny Ranch. Um. Okay. Movie shit. I'm just gonna read headlines. Universal had to the the dear Evan Hansen uh, buzz was so bad that they had to find ways to like cut off the backlash ahead of time to get people interested in seeing the movie. What? Um. They, they it, everyone knew. Because they played at festivals, mm. and they're like, fuck, the reviews aren't good. No one likes it. They thought they had a hit on their hands. Mm-hmm. No. No wrong. So, uh, dear Evan Henson continues to bomb. Um, Sung Kang, a.k.a. Han, Justice for, Justice for Han, for F9, okay. uh, and all the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's out there in interviews saying, I think we need to bring Giselle back. Gal Gadot. That's going to cost you a lot of money. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's going to cost so much. They got the money. It's going to cost you a lot of money. They got the money. They can afford it. So, is, yeah. is Vin Diesel willing to part with how much of his share? Another <laughs> fifth, ooh, 10, 10 million. 10 million for Giselle. 15 million for Giselle. And he, uh, find me a creative writer. They, uh, I mean, Justin Lin, he's finishing it up with probably Chris Morgan, the same people. Come on. I mean, she, Woman. she did just fall into the darkness. Into the darkness. Yeah, we never saw That's nobody. It. We didn't see anything past the darkness. Oh, shit, they brought back Michelle Rodriguez's character. She dies in four at the end of five. They're like, what? She's back. And then she's in six with amnesia. They they, they retconned uh, Han's character twice in the span of like five movies. It's fucking crazy what they do with these guys. They're, they're still pretending that Paul Walker's character is alive. This whole yeah. franchise <laughs> is wild. It's wild. Um, Daniel Craig says that people who are saying that there needs to be a female James Bond are asking the wrong questions. And it's not that why isn't there a female James Bond is how come there aren't James Bond equal roles for women? How come the women aren't getting better roles? How come they're not as ubiquitous as roles for men? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, I I mean, the only thing I can think of is that the entire world uh, throughout that, you know, the eight, the decades yeah. ha- haven't embraced something like, like 007 is like a cultural thing. It is a, it's a big cultural thing. And what he's saying is, you know, we, this is a cultural thing that we've nurtured for decades. No. And instead of saying, how come we can't slide a woman into this thing? I mean, what we should be saying is how come we haven't been, developing something like this why, why, for women why, concurrently why, why, why isn't there just like a badass 009 who are right who's who's the lady right <laughs> how can we have been making 009 movies at the exact same time you know with the same amount of no. care and attention and marketing and money and all that no. um that's what he's saying i mean it, they've lately they've been trying that stuff charlize theron's been really spearheading that give, give me that atomic blonde too yeah. i don't care so much for the old guard too but give me that atomic blonde yeah too, atomic sure. blonde the old guard i mean uh um, we just had the gunpowder milkshake which i enjoyed but i thought kate was better so i was about to say kate is another one there right no hey give me give me the, come on so yeah i'm okay with lady it's just they haven't i mean the they what like 
Peppermint was the last one with Jennifer Garner, no, and no, that movie no, was bad. Yeah, no, no, that was awful. Like we appreciate we appreciate the attempt, Jennifer Garner, yeah. but no, 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 so. no, 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 no. Um, this is interesting. Drew Zakabrin, Eternals will be Marvel movie number twenty four, twenty five, something, and they're they are all PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. All right, every single mm-hmm. one of them. This. However, will be the first one that the PG-13, the reasons for, includes some sexuality. <gasps> Yo, they be kissing in this one. Whoa. Ain't that crazy? Which one? Eternals? Eternals. Somebody's kissing? Uh, Well, yeah, multiple people, I think. Is there going to be like a kissing orgy? I, I bet there may be a three-way kiss. <laughs> That'd be hot. But uh, maybe it'll involve uh, Brian Tyree Henry's. Maybe it's just the fact that Brian Tyree Henry's character Phasmos is a is a is a. Remind them homosexuals. Uh, I <laughs> that so you know other people in here. Yeah. Um, he, he's a gay character, so he probably like kisses a guy, he kisses his husband, <laughs> and that's uh oh, baby thirteen. And then PA was like, "Whoa, sexuality! Put that in yeah. there. No way, we can't be having gay men kissing men." I bet, you that's, I bet you that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you there's no extra sexuality in this movie outside of the fact that it's just like a gay ki- a gay kiss. And that's all. There's a bunch of or bullshit. maybe someone's wearing something extra skimpy. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe extra extra fitting to the body. May, 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 maybe you see, uh, could that be a nipple? Yeah, is that a nipple? <laughs> is that Angelina Jolie's nipple? Maybe Richard Madden and uh, and Gemma Gemma Chan Gemma Chan whatever her name is. Maybe they kiss for more than like three seconds. Mm. They kiss for like five seconds. <laughs> Whoa, sexuality! You're like, is his mouth open? And then it cuts. Like, oh my god, I think that was a a French kiss. I mean, you've had that in comic books forever. Was that a French kiss? Listen, man, we call that a freedom kiss around this. <laughs> <sighs> what did you, you say about the comic? Ah, uh, no, you Comic-Con completely Comic-Con. derailed my, my train of thought <coughs> with that one. That freedom kiss. <laughs> Listen, man, it's America. It's a freedom kiss. Can I get an order of freedom fries? Order of freedom fries. I want a freedom kiss. This is some freedom toast. Ooh la la. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> freedom. Freedom. I'm going to go spend a week in freedom, in Paris freedom. <laughs> Um, Eddie Murphy has a three movie deal with Amazon Studios. Apparently Coming to America got enough clicks that Amazon was like, we will pay you to do three more movies. So uh, Eddie Murphy, back in it. He's working again. I mean, I hope they're good. Yeah, so do I. Kerry Fukunaga said that he was working on it with, um, I think, Warner Brothers. And he was working on it. He wanted to make it more like The Shining, like a foreboding drama. And then the rights reverted to New Line Studios and he was still on the project and he was talking to New Line and New Line was like, no, 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 no. We want it to be, uh, we want a scary, a more fun, scary movie. Um, so that's why he ends up dropping off. He almost made it, but he didn't. Uh, and he also talked about how when he was working on True Detective season one, that when he started working that show, it was him and Nick Pizzolato and that they were like, 50-50 working on it together but by the end of season one he said it was very frustrating because this piece of lotto guy was uh, taking more and more control and he felt like he was being treated more and more like uh, a person who had been hired to do a job as opposed to someone who was co-creating the thing together yeah. uh, so that's part of the reason why he didn't come back for any of it part of the reason and that's why it got worse the show got worse <laughs> it got worse absolutely it got worse 
Um, so that's some interesting Fukunaga stuff. He's doing interviews now um, to promote No No Time to Die. So that's why some of these stories are coming out. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie is called Licorice Pizza, which is the name. Blah. I know, that sounds gross, right? It's the name of a pizza chain in California from the 70s and 80s, apparently. Okay. And uh, that's a time period the movie is set. It's starring Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, as well as other people. Okay. And uh, it's a like a San Fernando Valley set period piece type of thing. And apparently the trailer has been playing in front of a few movies uh, or screenings out in California and L.A. at places like the New Beverly Cinemas and, and shit like that. Like where if you go to see... Uh, actually... One of our show's listeners, Jason Dyke, he tweeted at me uh, because, or no, what did he put in the Facebook group? Put in the Facebook group, because I put the story in the Facebook group, um, that he went to a couple screenings of like, what was it? Just like old throwback stuff, like 90s movies, 80s movies, and they showed the Paul Thomas Anderson trailer in front of these movies randomly. That's awesome. That is fucking awesome. That's so cool. So, Licorice Pizza, it's coming soon. That's going to be fucking great. Probably next year. Um, Alejandro Iñárritu is making his first fully Mexican film since Amores Peros. Okay. Which is like over 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's called Bardo, parentheses, or False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, close parentheses. So apparently he liked the Birdman style titling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's almost, that's, I mean, for me that. They're reminiscent of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, it's true too. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, very, that's very, very true. Yeah. Um, man, this made a, a big splash this week in a number of ways, but the Super Mario Brothers movie has been announced. I heard about this. This is fucking so. I I can't even imagine what type of movie that they were making. This is bananas. Well, let's talk about the people making it. It's Illumination. Illumination is a yeah. studio who did well, Minions. Okay. Um, it's written by the guy who did Minions: Rise of Gru. Okay. All right. So one of the prequel Minions movies. It's being it probably has more story. Probably, probably. It's being directed by the duo who did the Teen Titans Go to the Movies movie. Which is, I mean, I thought it was hilarious. And um, But I'm a fan of Teen Titans Go. And they are working with, um, what's this guy's name? What's his name? Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Super Mario. Okay. Like he yeah. is involved. All right. He probably wasn't involved with Bob Hoskins one. No, 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 he was not. No, he was not. So the pedigree behind it is like, okay. You're like, oh, okay. And then you hear the cast. But then the cast is like, what the fuck? Everyone, everyone has opinions on Chris Pratt as Mario. As non, one headline I saw was non-Italian, non-plumber Chris Pratt hired to play uh, uh, I mean Mario. can he can he literally can he say it's a me Mario and then and then literally and that's what you have to that's do that's what you have to do and then literally should he be doing that as a as a decidedly non-Italian well I mean should an Italian stereotype be a should super even be famous a, Japanese right. cartoon so character once you start peeling back this, onion, <laughs> this stinky ass onion that you're peeling back man yeah it's crazy those are the questions you should be asking um, on Taylor Joy is Princess Peach Charlie Day is Luigi. Okay. Now, actually, Wikipedia did. Charlie Day, at the very least, his dad, half Italian. <laughs> okay. All right. 
Um, Jack Black as Bowser. The only bit of casting that I truly agree okay, with. Okay, no, I get that. That's the only one that makes well, sense. Well, no, I mean, Charlie Day as Luigi just tells you the tone of the movie. Right. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Like I said, the tone of the movie. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. The tone of the movie. Yes. Cranky Kong as Fred Armisen. Uh, the only Italian in the cast is Sebastian Maniscalco. If you looked up this guy's face, you'd be like, oh, okay, I recognize this guy. He's one of these guys. He's going to play Spike. Oh, I think it was one of the Bowser's kids? Yes, yes. Uh, oh, man, which one? Fuck, I, I don't even remember which Mario that was where you had to fight all his kids. Three. Before you fight Bowser. Super, Super, Super Mario Bros. Three. three. Yep, that's three. And um, did I skip any of them? Uh, just names I don't recognize. Oh, and then also does that. Who's this guy? What's this guy's name? Chris Martinet, who does Mario in the video games, will be involved uh, doing uh, different voices and cameos throughout the game, he throughout be, the movie. He should be Mario. You want to just make a Mario? If he's available, and you got no money. Just make him do the thing with the with the Mario. Mario. It's a fucking Mario movie. The, the fuck? You have a Mario. It is an animated Mario movie. You have the actual Mario from the video games. Why aren't you using you it? You got the guy who created the whole thing. You're trying to make a, quote, faithful adaptation somehow. Why you people not? are dumb. I saw one TikTok video where this person was talking about it. It's like, what will sure, this movie will surely be the second best Mario Brothers <laughs> video, video game adaptation. Ooh. That is, that's cold. They're coming out swinging Mario Brothers movie. I think it might be hopefully better than that. It's got to be better than that. It's gotta, I mean, it's got to be better. I don't agree with Chris Pratt as Mario. But it's got to be better than that. But it's got to be better than the wall. Fucking Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. And, and what the hell were those things that made them jump? Uh, their boots? Those crazy boots? Yeah. I think that was a Super Mario 3 tie-in, but still terrible. terrible. It wasn't. It's terrible. Super Mario 3 didn't have any you, boots. Yeah, you jumped into a giant boot at one point, and then you were inside the boot, and the boot went boom, boom, and had extra jumping powers. Yeah, but that was a giant cartoon boot. These were yeah. like weird mechanical. Yeah, but like, I'm, I'm saying that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I would have rather seen those boots in the Alien movies. <laughs> you know? Those boots are in um, Face Off. There we go. Or near, they're in the Magnet yeah. Prison. See? Yeah. Billy Eichner. Uh, on the street. Street, 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 street. He's doing um, producing, co-writing the movie Bros, which is a, a gay rom-com being produced by who was it? Universal. And uh, he just tweeted, "I could not be more excited to tell you the entire main cast for my rom-com Bros will all be openly LGBTQ plus actors." Yes. Even in all the straight roles. This is a first for a major studio film. Let's make history. They call it acting for a reason. They call it acting. He continues, this is a... You, gay guy, kiss that lesbian woman. Yeah. <clears throat> Why? Because you're straight. Because <coughs> you're straight, and straight people have been doing this to us for decades. Here's him talking to a Hollywood reporter. After queer actors have spent decades watching straight actors capitalize both artistically and professionally by playing LGBTQ plus characters, there's a long overdue dream come true to be able to assemble this remarkable, hilarious cast. And while Burroughs may be the first of its kind of several ways, my real hope is that it's the first of many opportunities. Blah, 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 blah. Talk about the tokenization of gay, mm -hmm. gay characters. Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people have won Oscars just because they were a straight man playing a game. Yes, thank you. Jared Leto <laughs> is probably the most recent one, right, for um, uh, Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah. Um, so far, announcing the cast, Luke McFarlane from Brothers and Sisters, T.S. Madison, who is an uh, author, 
and host, and she was just in the movie Zola. That was like her first bit of acting, so she's just getting into acting. She's a, a, a transgender, did I say that part? Um, also, she was in the United States for a spilling holiday. Uh, oh, and no, so they didn't announce the whole cast. I found this interesting, though. That's co-written and directed by Nicholas Stoller, who I recognize that name immediately because he's the guy who did the first Neighbors. Okay. He did Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He's sort of like um, Judd Apatow adjacent. The five-year engagement. You ever see that one? Jason Segel and Emily Blunt? Five-year engagement? I don't think so. It was okay. Um, so he's done decidedly hetero films yeah. this dude like this guy is very much not gay and, and I even pulled up his Wikipedia like this guy gay and it's like no we apparently not gay so it's not a fully gay production apparently uh, because Billy Eichner and Stoller have worked together on this uh, show Friends from College a Netflix series okay. so apparently Eichner was like I like you we work well together help me write and direct this thing and then also Stoller has done like successful stuff so yeah. you get a little bit of clout there with him um getting his name attached so anyway I'm looking forward to this movie it's probably gonna be pretty funny because <clears throat> I like Billy Eichner um, damn it we're going way over TV shit Tiger King 2 is coming to Netflix bonkers uh, Carol Paskins is not happy about it of course not she, she didn't want to participate she was like for some reason people get they want to reopen that murder case and I, gee I wonder why I don't want I don't think I want to do that anymore well, gee I wonder why I wonder why um, so Tiger King 2 coming to Netflix later this year um, Station Eleven is coming to HBO Max soon, uh, in production now, and I think they actually have a release date. It's going to be starring Mackenzie Davis, which I'm all about, and Himish Patel. Himish Patel. He's the uh, the uh, he was in Tenet. He was the guy who's like um, who's one who crashes the plane. Okay. The bearded guy. Yeah. He's like, I thought you were saying this is nuts. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with crazy. I thought you said this. I don't. I don't remember what the line is. Um, but, 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 but is there a release date that I'm checking in December? Okay. Coming to HBO Max in December. Station 11, a great pandemic book being turned into a show. Um, Russell T. Davies is returning to Doctor Who as showrunner. That's for the Doctor Who fanatics out there, real quick. Did you start watching Doctor Who for a little while? I've been watching, yeah. I got up to like halfway through the David Tennant uh, season. There's a lot. It's so much. Oh, yeah. The hour-long episodes, it's a bit. But it's good. Doctor Who was good. And this guy, Russell T. Davies, is the one who was a showrunner for the, for the reboot. And then he left a little while ago. And they've been doing seasons since. And apparently it hasn't it been as, not as good. So kind of a big news that Russell T. Davies is coming back for the new season of uh, Doctor Who. Oh, sure. I'm sure it was a money thing. He's like, I want more. They were like, fuck you. I'll, yeah. We'll find somebody cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, this doesn't work. It's not working. How, how much did he want? You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Go pay, get pay that. Go, <laughs> go to him. Pay that to him now. Bring him back. So Russell T. Davies coming back to Doctor Who. Um, AEW is moving from TNT to TBS. AEW. 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 Um, they've actually have just started beating WWE's Raw in the ratings. It's Turner still. They moved from yeah, TNT to are, TBS. The reason being that uh, TNT has a, a contract with the NHL. Uh, so potential double headers and things like that will frequently bump AEW's yeah. schedule. So instead of dealing with schedule headaches, they just move it on TBS. That's fine. And uh, but sister station, it's a sister station, and the and the ratings have been like it's crazy. Point four, point five is the ratings that they've been getting, slightly better than Raw's Monday night ratings, 
Um, and the, put, the, and put yes. the squeeze on Vince. Put the squeeze on Vince. Uh, they they fully like achieved what they wanted to do to be like an equal uh, player in the market. And uh, but those ratings, man, it's under a point five for both of them for both companies. Whereas if you go back to the nineties, the Monday Night Wars, they were I looked this up. They were getting as high as like a five point five share, almost a six share at times. Well, meaning six percent of like the nation's viewing audience is watching that shit. That they had The Rock, they had Stone Cold, Steve Austin. They had some of literally yeah. the best entertainers. They also had no. Streaming services, no, like way less things to watch. You exactly, know, so much less to watch. Yeah, and now with everything else and the way you know people have access to semi decent garbage. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the Netflix action movies suck away a lot of their audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, it does. So, uh, but anyway, AEW's moving. Heads up, guys. Heads up, AEW fans. <clears throat> Final story. James Corden said a joke on his show, on the late show, where he said, uh, what, what was his joke? It was about BTS, the, the, the K-pop okay. group. The, okay. The, the K-pop group. Are, are they boys or girls? Oh, uh, they're all boys. Okay. They're all boys. Very, very big. And they uh, they spoke at the UN General Assembly. They're the type of group where they're like, they're big on activism and okay. they got the BTS army. And, okay. You know, the, uh, uh, inspiring young people to do yeah. something about this shitty situation yeah. that the entire world is in. K pop seems very positive in that regard in terms of what good. they tried to mobilize their good fans to do and stuff. Absolutely. So James Corden did this joke. Uh, what do they say? United Nations General Assembly kicked off this morning in New York City and started with some pretty unusual visitors, BTS. It actually marks the first time 15-year-old girls everywhere found themselves wishing that they were General Secretary Antonio Gutierrez. And then he hit the button. And then and they take your finger off the button and the laughter just stops cold. Stops cold. It's a it wasn't funny. It's a terrible joke. Um, on top of that, apparently, the BTS Army took issue with the categorization as 15-year-old girls and also took issue with the idea that BTS, uh, that they wouldn't be allowed or shouldn't be near the UN or some shit like that. Like, I'm, it's a weird thing. I, I am sure that there are people, both sexes, that run the entire age gamut that listen to BTS. Exactly. So. And, and international, too. And I'm sure some of them are probably pretty good at internet shit, so I'd watch out. Aha. Well, Drew, it's funny <laughs> that you say that. As we end this episode, I would like to point out to you, do not make fun of BTS people. We like we stand firm with BTS Army. <laughs> and we stand firm with the IATSE well, strike. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't listen to BTS, so I can't, you know, it's not... It's not my bag. It's fine. You, guys, do your thing. Yeah, do your I, thing, guys. I'm not against you at all. No, no, no. We support you. Do everything that you want to do. And one of the things that they want to do is get back at James Corden. You know how they got back at James Corden? They uh, bombarded. I think this is... It's hard to tell. This may be his... The Google ratings for... The Google reviews for the Late Late Show with James Corden. Before the whole BTS thing. It only had, according to this... Uh, man... Let me actually click on it to make it easier to see. Um, yeah, that'll make sense. Here we go. It only had 484 ratings. Uh, and the average rating was 4.2 out of 5 stars. Okay. Now, it has 2,600 ratings. <laughs> 1.6 out of 5. That's 
they, yep, you, they, you got yeah, hit, bro. They they flooded his. Uh, they they no. they uh, they fucked him. <laughs> yep, yep. They screwed John Google. Idiot. You dumb idiot. That's what you do. You yeah. know what? Don't fuck with him. I don't think anyone does. Anyone even like James Corden? I don't think so. Can we send him back? Yeah. Please. We're done with him. I mean, if we're, he if he, if he has him. a work visa, then all they have to do is but just tell him to tell him that he's fired. Nobody has to hire him. Hey, Sleepy Joe, can we pull this guy's <laughs> work visa and get him out of here? Send him back. Him and or Pierce, he, Bro- or, Pierce or, I was gonna say Pierce Brosnan. Pierce or, Morgan. Or is he a citizen? I don't know. No, I don't know how that works. He ain't no citizen. He ain't no way he's American. That's that's so mean. That some bitch ain't no American. Wouldn't disrespect BTS Army if he was an American. The British came to the colonies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. The British. You know what? He's going to stay. You can keep him over there in America. We don't want him either. This is the end of the episode. <laughs> Fuck you, James Corden. Thank you, Joseph Cogman. You're welcome. And you're welcome, listeners, for this week's show. We'll be back next week with episode 456. So get your fix. Did you get that? Did you, did you pick up that audio of the, the swallowing? <laughs> the, delicious swallowing. Uh... Oh man, that'll get us trending on the porn hubs. Yeah. <laughs> A PFT Media Production.